Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to Dorcas Dish with Alex and Pete. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are very excited to welcome you back to the number one Dorcas podcast on the internet with me, Alex, and my co-host, Pete. We usually, I think, have another co-host named Justin, and this podcast is a little bit different. It's called, like, Chilling Podcast of Sabrina or something like that. I don't know. I'm kind of forgetting. But this is the main podcast. This is Dorcas Dish. We talk about... The main co- character in Chilling Adventures of Dorcas. Again, I think that's the name of the show. Right. What is so exciting about her. Happy Dorcas Day to you, Pete. How are you doing? Happy Dorcas Day to you, sir. Oh, it's so good to talk about our favorite yeah. character on our favorite yeah. TV show, all of her adventures. Of course, the episode that we're going to be talking about today, which is Chapter 22, Drag Me to Hell, she has a real big part to play in and is yeah. definitely in a scene. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> I, think. I think she's mentioned in the scene. She is mentioned in the scene, which is huge yeah. for Dorcas and it's huge yeah. for our podcast. Uh, yeah, normally, it is. normally we don't have a lot of content on this podcast, but here, uh, this should be a, what, now, upwards of two to three minutes I, long? Yeah. I also, I don't want to uh, say anything negative because we all know Dorcas is amazing. Of course. Um, but this, I think this episode. W- uh, would have been better with more Dorcas, and Sabrina could have used some help. Uh, well, save that commentary for our final section of the show, which is need more Dorcas. Yeah, okay. Where we answer right. whether the episode needed more Dorcas or not. But yeah, for the right. moment, I'm jumping ahead. I apologize. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, we you know the order very well. We've been doing the show for I want to say 14 years now. <laughs> this show, Dorcas Dish. Yeah. So let's actually jump in and do some recap. It's weird that a lot of this recap is not about Dorcas. It's about another character on the uh, show named I don't know Sabrina why Spellman. you even bother recapping it then, yeah. I don't know. I guess just in case people are jumping in with the second episode of part three, here's what's been going on so far in brief. So Sabrina Spellman, half witch, half daughter of Lucifer, has freed her boyfriend Nick Scratch from hell, but with a price. In return, she had to formally accept the throne of hell and become the queen of hell. That's because her dad, Lucifer, is trapped in a flesh Acheron made out of Nick. And until she can free Nick's soul, she's got him chained up in the basement of her witch school. Speaking of witch school, uh, and not speaking of witch school, but speaking of witch school. Uh, witch Sabrina's school? A- witch school. Which school are we talking about? Which school yeah, is Yeah, are we talking about the witch school, or are we talking about the school where, the, where Sabrina the witch goes? 
No, no, that's called human school. We'll get to that in a moment. So in her witch school, Sabrina's aunt, Zelda... (laughs) Zelda, you're really tripping me up there. Zelda and Hilda are now running the place and have begun praying to Lilith, a.k.a. Madam Satan, who was working as an advisor to Sabrina down in hell. Uh, Their domination of hell, by the way, has been threatened by the lords of hell and a sexy mud man named Caliban, who I don't know if I mentioned this, is very sexy and not really wearing a shirt. Uh, Lilith has also kept the form of Sabrina's fave teacher, Ms. Wardwell, who is also teaching at Sabrina's human school. Uh, Meanwhile, while all of this is going on, Sabrina's cousin Ambrose is tracking down Father Blackwood, the former misogynist leader of the Church of Night, along with Sabrina's frenemy Prudence, who is searching for her infant brother and sister who were kidnapped by Father Blackwood. Now back to Sabrina. She had decided that in addition to going to witch school and human school, which which is a pretty... Busy schedule already uh, And running hell we should mention She was also going to join the cheerleading squad With her friend Roz Who has a psychic ability called the cunning Uh, Roz is also in a band with Harvey Sabrina's ex-boyfriend And their friend Theo And that's actually pretty much everything That you need to know to go into this episode Uh, The important thing to remember though Is what we kick off with which we'll get to in a second Uh, But before we do that Pete, I think you were pretty excited about the first episode. I don't think we need to do this for every episode of the season, but I'm, I'm curious to get the tone of the room here. How would right. you feel about episode two? It certainly paid off what you thought was the big pot plot line of episode one, which was the ice cream truck. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of ice cream truck, which I'm super happy about. I mean, I thought ice cream truck was going to be running throughout the whole season. Um, so, uh, but they decided to, you know, they want to grab people early and make sure they're, you know, Mm -hmm. here. So I understand it. Well, Um, I imagine this is getting a little technical in terms of the filming schedule, but if they had the ice cream truck in the first episode, they probably needed to shoot quickly before all the ice cream melted by the end of the second episode, uh, because it takes about an hour Right. Ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to, yes, it's, please let me continue on this bit about how they film Sabrina live in real time. Yeah. Go, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, it's not like they had a giant freezer there to shoot in as well. So, mm. you know. Mm. A giant freezer called Vancouver, my friend. All right. <laughs> Let's jump in and talk about the episode. Wait, I took, wait. yes, Pete. Just before yes, we do that, I, yes. I, you have, uh, there's just two things I want to, I want to say. Please. Uh, two corrections, if you will. Uh, for what oh, you were boy, saying with the go. recap, uh, this is season three, episode two, and okay, also so a little. I'll do corrections on your corrections in a second. Oh, Give okay, me a great, second. great, yeah, yeah. And then the second thing I want to talk about is I wanted to ask you: Did you write that recap, or are are you reading like uh, Wikipedia or something? Because uh, that's really well written. Thank you very much. Uh, Great question, Pete. Uh, I'll answer your first question first, which I know was a statement, but it was an incorrect statement. Uh, This is part three of Sabrina. Part one and part two made season one of Sabrina. This is part three. I'm really looking forward to having the same discussion on every episode of this podcast. Well, you know, I'm hoping the (laughs) uh, the show will wisen up about its choices, especially if we keep talking about it. Oh, do you think our podcast being super annoying about it is eventually driving them to be like, Jesus Christ, we just need to figure this out? Well, it's just uh, help me love the show. You know what I mean? I like the show, but, you know, don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. You know what I mean? The big thing that's holding you back from loving the show is the fact that it's called part three instead of season three? No, I love the show, but I could love it more if it wasn't being weird. 
about the numbering of its no. episodes. Okay. And when you take a break, call it a season. You know what I mean? Just call it a season. Take a break, call it a season. That way it's not confusing. I'm I'm gonna Part one I'm gonna, of two. Can I throw something out there? Yeah. I don't think this is the show being weird. I think this is you being weird. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, maybe I'm the asshole. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, we'll post this on Am I the Asshole? And <laughs> we'll see what comes back. I have the uh, rights to that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad we bought it. We're making a yeah. lot of money. It's really good. <laughs> I'm hoping to eventually buy relationships.txt as well and just merge the two because they're pretty much oh, the same man. thing anyway. Yeah. Uh, back to your second question about the recap. Uh, I will say not to like blow up my own spot or anything, but I was riffing it most of the time uh-huh. uh, for every other podcast we've been doing. But in the new year, I'm trying to get new habits with our podcast. And one of those things is taking notes. So I wrote it, but I was riffing off it a little bit as well. So I don't feel, you know, beholden to the text. You know, right. basically, well, yeah, like I, I mean, gave myself the direction. Just, just have fun with it. You know. Wow. Yeah. Do you give yourself little pep talks before we do these things? I mean, yes. <laughs> do you like look at yourself in the mirror and like, come on, Selvin, you can do this. All right, just have fun yeah, out just, there. You. I slap myself a couple of times. I'm sobbing. <laughs> like this, they're all counting on you for the Sabrina <laughs> podcast. If you don't do this, you're going to be dragged to hell. Oh, all right, boy. Yeah. So there we go. Can we jump into the episode, Pete? Or did you have any other questions or crazy statements? Yeah, I just like to title this uh, episode, Sabrina Makes Horrible Decisions, all uh, all episode. Okay, so I'm just going to copy and paste that to every episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. (laughs) But it was killing me, this episode. Normally it doesn't bother me. uh, Yes, what? What were you saying? I was saying it was killing me, this episode. Normally it doesn't bother me. But this episode, I'm going, come on. We talked about the salt circle. You talked about how important it is. You can't yeah. just not look down ever. I mean, you're, oh, you're just going to bum rush into a freezer you don't know where it is with a pinwheel? Come on. You don't remember any of the first season? None of that happened to you? You're not? Well, I, I would venture a guess. And I guess we'll see as we get through subsequent episodes. But I would venture a guess that part of this is Sabrina being a little cocky. Like, she is resting on her own laurels. She had a huge win last season, forcing back Lucifer. And every problem, excuse me, every problem that she approached in the first season, like, there were rising complications, but she solved them. She just kind of powered yeah. through everything. So now she's the queen of hell I think she's kind of buying her own hype a little bit, frankly. Wow. And I don't know if we will reach a place where she gets a comeuppance there in terms of that or has to be a little bit humbled or come down. But right Mm -hmm. now she is like she is the chosen one. She stopped the Antichrist. She is now the queen of hell. Everybody wants to hang out with her. Everybody loves her. Two dudes were fighting over her. She's doing great. No, she so is she's just doing not great. Thinking things through. She's doing a a ton of great stuff, but um, you know, attention to detail is important, and I think Hilda would say that to her. You know, I agree. You are the Aunt Hilda of this podcast, <laughs> and that, and I'm not just saying that because you're right now you're completely slathered in jams and jellies. Uh, more Hilda, please. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. This season does need more Hilda. We're definitely on the same page there. Also, Let's jump thank into you the for plot. noticing that I have both jams and jellies on. 
you know. Yes. Well, they have different thicknesses. Yep. Yep. I don't necessarily see preserves. Am I wrong about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are not wrong. No. Okay, but there is a dab of marmalade right on your forehead. I do. I do spy some of that with the orange. I am a classy gent. Yes, you are. You are not just the Aunt Hilda of this podcast. You're also the Paddington Bear. All right, let's jump into the plot. Obviously, feel free to interrupt me at any point, Pete, uh, because I'll rip (laughs) through this thing a little bit. There's tons going on this episode. Uh, So we do open up with Nick Scratch. He is in the salt circle, as you mentioned. uh, And they're doing a neat visual thing going on here. Lucifer is in his body, but they keep visually flipping back, depending on who's in control, between the actor playing Lucifer and the actor playing Nick Scratch. Uh, Sometimes you don't know exactly what's going on. Sabrina knows what's going on. She's like, come on, you're not Nick. You're Lucifer. Show me your tongue. And he sticks out a fourth tongue. Yeah, show me your tongue. Listen, that's... When you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, always be checking their tongue. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, So then, as you mentioned, as Sabrina's walking out, super not careful, she breaks the salt circle. um, You you have uh, to check for razor blades, right? I mean, Marnie is pretty badass lady. You've got to check for razor blades, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, we've been married for over a decade now. Mm-hmm. First five years, I got cut up real good. <laughs> <laughs> As she tried to break out. <laughs> wow. Good for her. This is bad. Maybe I'm going to get arrested. Let's move on. Uh, so uh, Zelda and Hilda are running the school. There's a fun line I wrote down from Zelda where Hilda is kind of doting on her and looking after her and concerned about her. And Zelda says, perhaps you'd like to talcum my derriere as well. Oh, great line. Uh, which I thought was cute. Yeah, how do you feel about the Zelda Hilda relationship right now? Now that they're running Witch School, um, it's it's great uh, because they're together, which makes me super happy. Um, you know, I want more Hilda, but uh, when Zelda was kind of feeling horrible later on in the episode because the kids kind of turned on her, when she's like, "Hildy, can you put some milk in it or cream, whatever she says," uh, mm-hmm. I it, I was like, "Oh." So it's nice they when are... I, I was going to say it's oh, nice I... when Zelda shows her softer side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to agree with that. That just what Miranda Otto does so well is she makes Zelda hard and snappy. Yeah, but there are points when her true emotion breaks through. They break through the front that she just put up, and that does happen so often with Hilda in particular. And yeah. it's the same thing in the opposite direction. We haven't really seen this this season, but Hilda could be a fucking monster badass. And yeah, she can. <laughs> that that she, most of the time she's nice. She's making tea for people. She's taking care of them. She's making honey cakes uh, for oh. the heads of the witchly covens and things like that. Uh, but then when the chips are down. She doesn't take anything from anybody. Yeah, that's true. Uh, So while that's going on, uh, Sabrina's plan that was very half-baked, she got Nick back from hell, didn't figure out the second part, and what she does is she goes to the library, she's looking for a book on soul transference, which kind of plays in later on. We'll talk more about that. Uh, But her plan now is she's going to take... Uh, she's probably going to take Nick's soul. Sorry, not Nick's soul. She's going to take Lucifer and put him in another flesh acron. Again, she hasn't quite figured out the whole plan, but that's sort of where she's at. Uh, Right after that, we get into the first cheerleading thing, and it's a whole musical number to It's Tricky with cheerleaders with Sabrina in the center. (laughs) Pete, how are you feeling about that? Um, It sounds awful, but actually they kind of pulled it off. 
It's I loved it. it. I yeah, it sounded like I was like if someone had told me that would happen, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But uh, they pulled it off. It's crazy to me, and I think we talked about this on the last episode. But it's crazy to me that in this episode we get it's tricky, full on musical number with Sabrina in the middle, the cheerleaders, Roz bunch of other members of the cast. Madam Satan is watching and she's there. Uh, but full on musical number, we get a reprise of it later on. I would we also have, get to see. If, I would also oh, like oh, to I was point just out. Say, how, but we also get to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Pete. No, but beforehand, Pete, it was talk. funny. <laughs> beforehand, it was hilarious that uh, she was talking to the librarian was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I need all the stuff. It's super important, but not more important than what I have to do next, you know, and like really was selling the fact of like she's all in on cheerleading. Like it's not. She you know, is. Yeah. Well, she's this is jumping ahead. She's all in on cheerleading, except for the fact that she was the central person in the cheerleading routine. And she just didn't bother to show up when they actually did it live. (laughs) Like she she had already done it in the show. So she was good. Yeah. She had it covered. Uh, But you have two musical numbers. Plus you have fright club doing teenage dirtbag later in the show. Yeah. So like, it's crazy to me that Riverdale for seasons, people have been like, Oh, we really want to see maybe like 10% last murder and a little more cheerleading and a little more of like the musical numbers for the Archies and stuff. And they're like, great. You wanted 15 to 20% more murder. Is that what you asked for? Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. Meanwhile, yeah. on chilling adventures of Sabrina, a show that partially takes place in hell. There are multiple musical numbers. There's a garage band that is a lot of fun, and there's cheerleading routines. It's I tell you, the garage band stuff, when Sabrina was like, stop, I was like, oh, come on. Uh, I thought they've been killing it with their their music for the garage band. It's really impressive. I hope... I hope that continues every episode. I hope there is a scene where they're practicing in the garage and Sabrina comes and interrupts them halfway through. That would be a fun running bit if they do yep. that. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so they do the It's Tricky musical number. Madam Saturday is watching. She takes Sabrina and says, hey, okay, you're queen of hell. Now it's time for your on-the-job draining. And uh, weirdly, I found this detail a little weird. Like, it worked fine in the episode, but... Madam Satan says the main job of the queen of hell is dragging souls to hell. Yeah. Which feels like that should be the main job of the messenger of hell to me, not the queen of hell. Right. Yeah, exactly. It seems like that's like a job that you farm out to one of the minions or somebody you really trust. Like, I feel like the queen of hell should be in hell managing hell. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was weird. It's like, yeah, it's all, you're just dragon souls. It's mostly soul dragon. And when you say it should be farmed out to the minions, you mean the minions for the movie minions and despicable me, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, as they'd probably do a great job of dragon souls to hell, as long as they didn't get distracted by a nice banana, right, Pete? <laughs> but I think that little, uh, the evil guy in the uh, bellhopper suit, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he yeah, does a great job of monkey. like, yeah, yeah, the non-flying monkey. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's just uh, pissing and shitting in people's drinks and stuff. <laughs> That's his main job this episode. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so she finds out the first name is a guy named Robert Robertson. 
Uh, she gets some muscle, Hilarious. which is a like uh, evil gimp that she gets in the background. Uh, just to keep coming with this, and then and we'll jump back and talk about another storyline. Um, but she uh, she plays chess with Robert, finds out that he used to be the greatest chess master in the world, and he seems pretty settled about everything. He's like, yeah, for a time I got to do this, and now I'm dead, and that's fine. And he yeah. dies, and there's two cars there, one that's going to go to heaven, one that goes to hell. And she's like, no, take the white car. Again, a weird detail with the mythology, because to me, that implies that there's a possibility that somebody is going to drag him to heaven. Yeah. You know, but they don't. Like, what is the white car doing there? Yeah, the the white car is the heaven car. No, no, I know. But what is it doing there? Like, why is there still a choice if they know that he's going to hell? Well, they know it's going to hell, but the people upstairs are like, hey, Sabrina's in charge. Let's let's park a white car there just to kind of tempt her with maybe a different choice. Yeah, it would be kind of fucked up and very hell-like if both of the cars went to hell. Oh, that would be, you know? yeah, you put them in the white car, I think they're going, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, you're still going. That yeah, would a be, nice yeah. little detail that I did, like, that was pretty obvious, but it worked well, was with the chess match, Sabrina ended up on the black pieces side and Robert Robertson was on the white pieces side so that we know visually he is a good guy and Sabrina isn't making a mistake here. Um, so I thought that's, that was nice. That's weird. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, but also the fact that he's like, yeah, I used to be an amazing chess player. And then Sabrina walks up, does one move and it's checkmate and he didn't see it coming. I was like, well, I guess you weren't that good. He probably died of shock. That's <laughs> probably what happened yeah. uh, Let's jump over and talk about Prudence and Ambrose's storyline Because this pops at this point uh, So they are in Scotland uh, Last episode they th- found out thanks to some blood sex magic uh, oh Courtesy of the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, That Blackwood, Father Blackwood was in Scotland uh, They track him down and they find out That he's doing some weird fucked up shit He has a yeah. crazy old man beard Tattered clothes he is summoning an old one. I thought uh, it was like the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, it was kind of like a more like creature from the Black Lagoon yeah. type thing, I think. Yeah. The old like he was school, at Loch like Ness. Merman. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they were mixing it up a little bit. They were just uh, having a fun old time. Um, so he summons, uh, the, he calls it the Deep One. Uh, so he summons the Deep One. Uh, he is praying to Eldrick Horrors, and the Deep One brings him this egg, and in exchange, he's going to give Look, him some sacrifices. What? Did you if, did you think it was the bowling ball uh, at first? Because I first thought it was just like a, a bowling ball that he found in the bottom of the Oh, water. like they were just going to play a sweet set of bowling or something? Or just yeah, some yeah. Like, uh, he was like, hey, brought my ball. Are we going to go bowl? I got to tell you, I played bowl. I went bowling with Eldrick Terrors once. They yeah. cheat, man. They cheat. <laughs> and like I, I bought, I bought a round of drinks and I was like, mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, yeah. Next one's on me. But they never paid for the next one. They skipped out before the check too. It was Ooh, crazy. Man, that, rude. That's the worst. That's the worst. Yeah. Never do that. Uh, but no, I, I was pretty sure it was an egg. <laughs> oh, okay. It looked like an egg. Uh, but he brings out a boy and a girl who are approximately, let's say, around 15 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. They're holding hands. They're dressed in old-timey costumes. He's going to sacrifice them. But as soon as Prudence 
enters. He slices the Deep One's throat, has a sweet-ass fight with Prudence, uh, and Ambrose grabs the egg and threatens it. And this is what Blackwood reveals. He's been in a temporal bubble for 15 years. He says the old ones are returning, then the Eldritch Terrors. They knock him out, uh, and then we'll loop back to that storyline at the end. Um, because, well, I, I think we can mention the end of it, but, uh, they bloop back to Greendale with him. Uh, eventually father Blackwood, this is very much jumping ahead of the story, but, uh, father Blackwood ends up being the new flesh Acheron for Lucifer. Yeah. Uh, that was re- ridiculous that- timing on that was just like, where are you going to get another body? Bloop. Enter it Ambrose. almost like somebody wrote it, you know, like yeah. we know this show is a documentary about Dorcas. Right. But uh, it it felt fictional in that moment. It did. It did. At that point, especially when he also said the same line. Hi, aunties. I'm home. You know, like uh, just like Sabrina. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He. I think he was actually quoting, uh, quoting Black Panther when he came in and he said, hey, auntie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Nice. Nice. Yes. Uh, so we do find out uh, that the two kids who are going to be sacrificed are actually Prudence's younger brother and sister who are babies who are now grown up. That's why I said 15 years old. And where they leave him is they have the egg in a aquarium in the yeah. Spellman house. And the two kids are inside of a dollhouse under a spell they never need to eat. They're never going to get older until they can figure out what to do with them and kind of deprogram them from Father Blackwood. Pete, I know you're creeped out by dollhouses. How'd you feel about this resolution for the storyline? When I got out of that fucking dollhouse, I would murder them. Just straight murder Wait, them. You don't, you don't put somebody Jesus, what? in a fucking creepy-ass dollhouse because you're not ready to deal yet. Okay, you fucking put, put say, hey, guys, we have this whole school come in the back. Here's a bed and a cot or whatever. You don't fucking put them in a creepy ass dollhouse to live until you can figure things out. You selfish son of a bitch. Wow. I mean, I thought it was a good solution and I thought you were going to be scared of the dollhouse. The but it turns out you're nightmares. Angry. Did you see that wallpaper that matched the flooring that was just... That's the creepiest shit ever. You're stuck there in that? Your problem is the wallpaper in the dollhouse? That's your main issue? Well, the whole aesthetic of it. It's so clearly not a place where you put people. It looks like an insane asylum, like on crack. It's horrifying. Well, let's say they change the wallpaper around a little bit, you know, put a couple of throw pillows in there or something like that. Would you feel a little more comfortable with them living in the dollhouse? No, if you ask them like, hey, this is a lot of information. We didn't know you you got stuck in the temple thing. Can we put you in this dollhouse for just a little bit? And if they were like, yeah, sure. Then you go, okay. You get some permission. You let them know what's going on. You don't just throw some fucking teenagers in a goddamn creepy ass dollhouse. I mean, I guess you do if you're Prudence and Ambrose, because you (laughs) just got back from Scotland, and it's time to bone next to a creepy time egg. Yep. Bone in next to a time egg. Yeah. I think that's the next song. Man, that's the way to go. That's where I lost my virginity is next to a time egg. Hey, congratulations, man. Thank you. It uh, happened recently. All right. Yeah, because your kids are actually 35. 
Yes. Uh, let's jump back. Uh, we can we can actually uh, very quickly while we're sort of barreling through storylines here. I think we can talk about what's going on in the Church of Night. Again, everything comes together very nicely this episode, uh, but this storyline is very separate from what's going on with Sabrina, which is the main storyline. Uh, so Zilda and Hilda are addressing the Church of Night. They pray to Lilith again, which is something they decided to do last episode, and that pisses off Lucifer. Oh, yeah. So what does he do? Classic Lucifer move. Barfs up a bunch of beetles, which is gross. I don't like mm. bugs. I didn't like this at all. Oh, it was so fucking creepy, dude. And then yeah. they're like How, inside on the scale people. of things. Ugh. Yeah, they're crawling into people's ears and living in their oh, hair. Horrifying. That is just, yeah. For you, dollhouses don't bother me. So I'm curious to hear from you. On the scale of like dollhouse to hell beetle mm-hmm. or barfing beetles, uh, which, go, which is number one, which is number two in, in the fright okay. In the fright zone. Dollhouse is number one. Beatles is number two. Okay. Okay. What about the Beatles, the bad? Where where do they rank in there? Because I know uh, you're very scared of Ringo. Yeah. Yeah. It's still still same order. Dollhouses and then Beatles. Oh, okay. And then the Beatles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where does Aqua, who sang Barbie Girl, where do they rank in there? <laughs> wow. That's a deep... Thank you for clapping for that. I appreciate it. That really, I was just mad. Where you pulled that from is unbelievable. I mean, listen, I've said this before on multiple podcasts we do. The years like 1990 to 93 are the only ones that I remember with any sort of clarity. So <laughs> there we go. Anything before or after that, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Wow. Uh, all right. So back to the storyline. He barfs beetles. The beetles are starting to control people, as we find out later on. But this starts as Zelda is teaching class. And Agatha, it's clearly Agatha does a spell, puts Lady Blackwood is a bitch on Ooh. the board. Beetles are crawling everywhere. Uh, this is a reference to the fact that uh, Zelda was sleeping with Father Blackwood. Lady Blackwood died. They had a wedding that was awful. She was brainwashed for a while. So this is really playing on like Zelda's yeah. number one weakness, her lowest point. And it's pretty and it awful hits her, her hard. Uh, yeah. Uh, we also get... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think... This is a pretty fucked up scene because it's Melvin and Elspeth oh. are making out in the hallway down oh. by Lucifer. And I think they throw Dorcas under the bus here. They mentioned yeah, Dorcas. Yeah, they do. And okay. Yeah. Uh, you wanna, at this point, how do you feel thinking, about this, Pete? Uh, at this point, I'm thinking worst episode of all time. The way that you were just kind of like shitting on Dorcas like she doesn't matter. And then I had to talk myself down and be like, it's the devil bugs. Okay. It's the mm-hmm. devil bugs, yeah. and it's not really them, because Dorcas is amazeballs. They, we should mention that it's already been established in the show that the witches are very free with their sexuality. They do sleep and get together with everybody. But I agree with you, particularly classic characters like Melvin and Elspeth would never do that to Dorcas, yep. the main character of the show. They yep. love her too much, and they respect her feelings too much. So, yeah, As it was the should. Hell Beatles. I think that's... Yeah, that was a good call. Good call, Pete. Uh, So jumping back to the storyline, though, uh, while you mentioned the tea earlier, Hilda tries to 
uh, calm down Zelda. Uh, oh, there's one scene where Zelda deals with a laughing Agatha or keeps calling her Lady Blackwood. She slaps Agatha. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever heard this before, but Hilda uses her full name. She says Zelda Fiona Spellman. Yeah. Which I just thought was a fun detail. Uh, and then uh, when she's pouring her the tea, when she's putting the milk in, uh, the cream immediately curdles. And they're like, yeah. ah, that means the Dark Lord is nearby. And so they all get candles. They track him down, which brings them to later on when Sabrina comes back, when she finishes her storyline. Zelda and Hilda confront her uh, about sticking Nick slash Lucifer in the basement. Uh, as yeah. you mentioned, they say, where will you find a flesh rod strong enough to switch them? And Blackwood poofs in uh, and... Uh, we'll, we'll again, we'll come back to that a little bit later because I think now we should jump over to the main thrust of Sabrina's storyline. But um, any additional I, thoughts about Zelda, Hilda, or the Church of Night? Well, first off, I did want to talk a little bit about the uh, fight because uh, Am, uh, Ambrose was in trouble, and then, um, you know, you thought she all she wanted to do was kill Father Blackwood, and the fact that she just hit him over the head because of what's going on. Mm. Maybe they don't know the information is so great because it's like, awesome. Somebody's using their head in the show instead of just barreling through, you know, uh, uh, not thinking because I definitely would have just killed father Blackwood. If I, if I was the one with that sick ass sword on my back, like she's rocking. Um, so like kudos to her to be making a smart decision to knock him out because maybe there is some things, to this, what he's saying, the uh, you know the old ones are coming because we've seen little bits and pieces of that. So like, uh, just great to see that smart decision making. You know when you're seeing uh, characters make smart decisions. So that was really cool. And the Hilda Zelda stuff was so great. And the fact that like, um, you know, Hildy was just like, you know, taking the time to prepare the tea and stuff like that. Like, I wish she would have drank the tea and would have realized, like, oh, I do need this. But uh, at the same time, like, you know, <laughs> showing their bond and the fact they, com- they confide in each other uh, is is just so great. When she uses her full name, it really snaps her out of it. So, yeah, I just, uh, the two of them together, I could, uh, if they had their own spinoff show, I would watch every app. The... I, I sort of agree with you in essence. Like, I think there is, I think, well, this is one of the things you were saying, but keeping Blackwood around because he did drop all this information and has a crazy time egg and all of these other things makes sense because you still have questions for Father Blackwood. And in right. terms of the greater outside of the show, it's great to have the actor on because he is so much fun as Father Blackwood. But right. it's a bit of a bonkers decision to be like, well, we had Lucifer and Nick's body, and Nick was the only thing stopping Lucifer from escaping and taking over. So instead, let's take Father Blackwood, who has fucked shit up for everybody. Yeah, over the course of the past season, who was like trying to, yeah, awful. He should die. And stick Lucifer at him, which is the other misogynist asshole who's been fucking <laughs> shit up for us. And let's put them together. That's yeah. bonkers. Like that's, that's not a, a good of a idea. Decision, but. They might need that time egg, you know, so. 
Yeah, you got to get the information. They'll keep him trapped and stuff. Uh, yeah. But then in the Acheron, which is an interesting scene, uh, Blackwood in sort of like this mental prison with Lucifer is like, I'm over you. You're just a fallen angel. The Eldritch terrors are coming older than the old gods. Yeah. Uh, so we got a bunch of stuff that's already being set up here, like lots of big bads going on this season. But jumping back to Sabrina's storyline. Uh, so Sabrina says, uh, the dude home in the white car, I did write this down. Madam Satan immediately after that pops up and says, you really are the worst. The worst. Which was yeah. Great. Yeah. The worst. Uh, hilarious. She hates Sabrina so much. Yeah. Uh, and they end up talking to the Lords of Hell and Caliban. Sabrina she explains she was showing mercy. They're like, which seems a bad argument for hell. Well, yeah, uh, but and she's also she saw this dude for two seconds. He was nice to her. And that's enough. Like, you don't know, like before he was sitting down playing chess, you don't know if this guy murdered 80 people or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the fact that she was like, no, he was nice to me. He deserves to go to heaven is a little is a is a little much. Well, she's using her instincts a little bit, which I think is OK. And we kind of do have to go with her. I think like on a logical level, you're correct that. Yes, of course, she doesn't have enough information to actually make this decision. (laughs) But I think in terms of the show, we're supposed to know that, yes, she is correct. Okay. I will note, though, which was kind of weird, and in the wide shot, as you saw him walking away from the chessboard, Mm -hmm. there were a bunch of dead squirrels and cats littered around where his feet were. And they spelled out, I'm the guy who was playing chess and I murdered all these squirrels and cats. Oh, wow. Which to me seems like not a nice thing to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, Sabrina doesn't look down, apparently. You know, she didn't see that. She She didn't see the salt circle missing a, you know, huge Mm -hmm. part there. Do you think she can't look down? Do you think she's one of those people that needs to bend all the way over to look down? Like she Um, can turn her neck. Her neck can't go down. I mean, hmm. yeah, hmm. it could be like cheerleading injury that we don't know about, you know. Yeah, they probably cut out that scene, and that explains why she can't look down. <laughs> so she does find out. She makes a deal with hell and says, you know what? I'm going to drag the second guy to hell. They're like, who cares if you drag a second guy to hell? Yeah. That's not a big deal. Drag everybody to hell. Uh, but the second guy is Jimmy Platt, who is the ice cream guy. She's very confused. Uh, and But she says, you know what? He's probably evil in some way. What we're going to do, she explains this to the Fright Club after injury, uh, um Interrupting them playing DH Dirkbag. Yeah. Uh, It was great. That cover's great. There's so much fun. I want to see more of that. Um, But she interrupts them and says, what we're going to do is we're going to drag the Jolly Frost guy to hell, and then we're going to stick Lucifer's soul in his body as his soul is dragged to hell. Uh, So they're all 100% on board with this plan. There's a brief moment where Harvey is like, are we really going to drag a guy to hell? And they're like, we're in high school. We shouldn't be doing this. We're in high school. That was just like such a fun Harvey moment to be like, yeah, this isn't normal. I do love everybody else is on board. Theo's on board. Roz is on board. They're all good with it. Harvey's like, should we be doing this? They're like, yes, we should. He's like, fine with me. Good argument. Zalbin, I'm sorry if you were like, hey, I need you to help me drag this soul to hell. I'd be like, nah, I don't know, bro. Sounds like you got to do that on your own. Yeah, I need some help. Heavy soul. Gotta drag it. I need somebody to hold the soul's feet while I hold its head. 
So she does find out uh, Jimmy the Jolly Frost guy, he gets seven years of life in exchange for slicing a little girl's heart out. And if Sabrina drags him to hell, a little girl will die because she's hidden somewhere in Greendale. She immediately stomps over, talks to Lucifer, and Lucifer tells the story. It turns out that... Can we talk about that? Yes. What do you want to talk about? She is the queen of hell. She gets confused about a deal and then was like, I got to go talk to my boss. Like, what are you doing? Come on. No, she didn't say she would got to talk to her boss. She goes talk to her dad. Oh, who's well. the former. It's like when you get a new job. Yeah. And the person at the previous job is like, here's my email in case you have any questions. Yeah, I guess so. So that's what she's so. doing. I was just hoping that she could be put it together. Like, it's not that complicated. He's been. It's uh, really not. Yeah. So I don't know what you're going to get from the devil. And why you would trust anything he would says, but sure, sure, go talk to him, and don't look down. The interest at the salt <laughs> circle, Jeez. right? That you broke, yeah. Sabrina you dragged your foot across. That all of a sudden you can't feel your feet either. Like you don't know. Go to the what- chiropractor, Sabrina Greendale. I'm sure has some sort of magical chiropractor. Go there, get your neck checked out. Yeah, you can't look down. <laughs> Come on, Sabrina. <laughs> The interesting bit of information that we get with the conversation from Lucifer, he tells the story that Jimmy Platt was a God-fearing man. He prayed all the time. He was in a car crash. God didn't come, but Lucifer came instead uh, and gave him an extension on his life in exchange for an innocent soul. But it was Jimmy Platt who decided to murder little girls. So what what we get here is we get what? Which is just insane. You're going to sit there and it's story time. You're going to listen to Satan make up a story. I don't think he's making up the story. Like okay. he, what this draws a line with, it doesn't exactly give us sympathy for the devil, which makes me think would be a really good name for a song. But it <laughs> does make us understand his direction a little bit that he is offering these deals, and then these people are making these bad decisions. And that would make the chess guy okay. Is he makes the deal, and ultimately he's like, you know what? It's my time. I'm gonna go. There you go. And I think that's what convinces Sabrina versus Jimmy Platt, who's doing the opposite thing. He is doing absolute horrible things, and all he needed was one little nudge. Yeah. Uh, so Sabrina and Fright Club make plans. Uh, there's a fun little scene where the cheerleaders are like, hey, you're going to come. We're going to all hang out. Uh, and Roz says, oh, I'm, uh, I got to get my eyes checked out because she briefly led blind last season. Yeah. And they in the door, they're like, oh, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And then just leave, which I thought was very funny. Uh, no. But Sabrina and Roz go and talk to the little girl. They immediately figure out who she is. She's a girl named Lucy Anderson. They visit her mom. Uh, and two things happen. Lucy collects pinwheels. So Roz touches him and has a vision and finds out hey, where hey, she is. Sabrina quick, takes just, the pinwheel. Yeah. If if you're, you know, and I really hope this never happens to you, but if you, you uh, lost uh, a child and then two cheerleaders showed up at your door with questions about your kid, would you sit down and talk to them? Or would you feel like you get the fuck out of here? I don't know what you're doing here, but it's really weird. Cheerleaders are, in terms of enforcing the law, they're kind of like second to the police. Like I would okay. say police are number one. Uh-huh, cheerleaders uh-huh. are number two. No, come on. You got put police, uh, and- then post office employees, <laughs> and then cheerleaders, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I No, police, post office, then cheerleaders? Yeah, yeah. I would say like police, cheerleaders, post office, then the Beatles. 
<laughs> Where would you put UPS on that? Uh, UPS way at the bottom. Don't trust oh, those guys. Oh wow! What are, wow. what are in those packages? Huh? Just boxes? <laughs> Just like what? Are, what's in the box? Oh, don't, you know? oh don't. What's in the what's box? In the box? What's in the box, man? What's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, Sabrina takes a pinwheel. We'll get back to that in a second. Uh, there is a fun other thing that happens in this episode uh, that's fun for fans of Riverdale in particular. Uh, Theo bumps into a new student named Robin. They have a little bit of a meet cute, uh, and yeah, he invites do. Theo to the pep rally, and they seem to really like each other. Uh, what do you think about this character before I get into the Riverdale connection? I don't know if you picked up on it, Pete. Uh, I did not, but the what was adorable about it is how much uh, uh, Theo was kind of relishing the moment, which I really enjoyed. Like Theo's like, "Oh my gosh, this is so nice! This is happening to me," and it was very enjoyable. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was super cute, and it's nice to have a romantic interest. For Theo, the only note of caution I throw there is the actor's name is Jonathan Whitesell, and he played Kurtz on the last season of Riverdale. Do you remember Kurtz? Uh, I don't remember Kurtz. Kurtz was the crazy former... Wait, he was a ghoulie. He wasn't a Southside Serpent. He was a ghoulie, and Ooh. he was an acolyte of the Gargoyle King. He was the one that, in the raid episode, fought with Jughead. They fell off the window together. He was like Jughead's kind of foil for a oh, while. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. He usually plays creeps, so I Wait, just so kind of like you, very sweet. If you die in Riverdale, do you just go over to uh, Greendale? I think so. I mean, that's what happened with Kurtz. That's what yeah. happened with uh, Benjamin Button. He is playing a different character. It's not Kurtz. It's a no. guy named Robin. Yeah, so but there is that. He but says it's the same his name actor. weird. He says his name like Kurt Robin. Like, I, I almost think oh, he yeah. said Kurt. It mm. could be Robin Kurtz. You don't know. That's true. We don't know his last name. Maybe we'll find that out very soon. That would be yeah. pretty messed up after having not, but also, yes, Penelope Blossom the last episode. Uh, but he invites Theo to the pep rally. They also have a very cute seat later where uh, he buys Theo some ice cream. And Theo is like, uh, was the ice cream guy weird at all? And Rob is like, nope. And they're just happily having ice cream. But Theo is just sort of licking it very nervous. Robin Probably makes, thinking maybe there's chunks of little girl in there or something. Or yeah, something. I know. If you know that the ice cream guy is super creepy, I would not be cool eating the ice cream. Uh, also, Robin kind of looks like it's, you know, it's way too happy just to be there and stuff. So I don't know. I think it's, I think there's something else going on. Yeah, maybe. But Robin also seems to like Theo. Like that could be the reason for being so happy. We'll see. I, ho- I hope so. Yeah. So uh, Sabrina and Roz have a little bit of a seance. They use the pinwheel to contact Lucy. Lucy is freezing in a freezer. Uh, she is very quickly fading. So Sabrina bloops over to the freezer and Jimmy is waiting there, traps her in the freezer with a bunch of sigils, and he heads off to the game uh, to, you know, whatever. Uh, Caliban and Lilith have a quick chat, which is, I think, sort of like a utility scene for her to be like, Ugh, I'm just going to go check on Sabrina and we'll see what's going on with her. She's probably in trouble somewhere. Uh, yeah. And in fact, she is. Lilith rescues Sabrina uh, there's another fun Lilith line where she says she followed her psychic trail and she's like, I have a psychic trail. And she says, like a slug leaves slime. <laughs> so aces, 
Ace's Lilith Burns this episode in particular. Yeah. Uh, And then there's an interesting thing that I'm sure will have no repercussions whatsoever, where Lilith ends up bringing the girl back to her mother. And she says, oh, thank you so much. What's your name? And she says, my name is Mary Wardwell. Uh, Given that there is a Mary Wardwell in town, again, might be a little bit of a problem. Uh, Mm -hmm. But back Mm -hmm. of the game, uh, while it's tricky is going on, a little boy, I think, approaches Jimmy by some ice cream. But it's actually Sabrina using a glamour, and she drags him to hell. And very fun effects, just like tentacles popping out, him Mm -hmm. falling into the ice cream truck. And she goes to hell, and she's like, you know what? I'll get another body. But this is not the way things should work. We're not going to make deals like this with people anymore. Hell needs a makeover. Yeah, that was a hell and of a I line. cannot wait. We need we need a makeover. This town needs beat. an That's animal. What I'm, what's that from? Batman. Oh, Joker oh, from the it. first Batman. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. The uh, Jared Leto is kind of my joker, so I don't really think about that that much. Uh, you're um, the worst. <laughs> Whatever. You so, leave a trail like a slug leaves slide. Yes. That's true. But yes, uh, it was also lucky that nobody was looking over at the ice cream truck while it was glowing and bouncing around and stuff. Yeah, I kind of figure that happens in some sort of like dull space, just like the thing that happened with... Not Robbie Ro- Robert Robertson or whatever his name was, where it's kind of like happening outside of time. So okay. you, if you All looked right. over, I think you would just see the ice cream truck, and that's probably it. All but right. the good news: empty ice cream truck means free ice cream. Them th- for everyone. Yep, for everyone, free ice cream all around. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much the end of Sabrina's storyline. Uh, they end up putting Blackwood in the flesh Acheron, as we mentioned. Uh, Nick is back and safe. He is in bed. Sabrina wakes him up with a kiss like Snow White herself. She is crying. They kiss again. What'd you think, Pete? Are you happy that Nabrina is back together? Um, I'm, I'm suspect, but I'm happy that Sabrina's happy. Yeah, I thought that was a very sweet scene. I like that, and I'm glad we saw that before the end of the episode. And then we get a Harvey and Roz chat in the back of his truck, which is also very sweet and cute. Uh, And they're smooching, too, but this is also a tee-up for what's coming next. We got a little bit of a hint of this at the end of the last episode. as the carnival rolled into town, and then the wind blows again, and we see the carnival all set up in the distance, waiting. Evil carnival... For sure. Carnival. So before we wrap up here, any additional thoughts about this episode, Pete? Well, any thoughts uh, you want to share? Anything? I didn't it's cover? nice that that everybody's kind of back. Um, I'll be interested to see how things move forward, but it's nice to have everybody back home where they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I really thought the the stuff with Harvey and Roz is really great. It's a great relationship. I'm glad Theo is getting a little love, hopefully. And mm-hmm. it's weird, though, that like the show in Riverdale, uh, everybody makes out at the same time. Like, it's always like they pan from one group making out to another group making out. And that's like a weird coincidence. I didn't know that, like, everybody made out at the same time. Well, there's those uh, federally mandated makeout times. You know this. In real life, too where you're only allowed to make out at certain times, you can get an exception card, of course, 
But that is why in real life as well, everybody makes out at the same time. So again, it makes it a very realistic documentary. <laughs> okay. Or my bad. That must have slipped my mind. Yes. Um, but yeah. yeah um, yeah, I mean, Sabrina was driving me crazy in this episode, but uh, she still comes out looking like a hero. Um, and uh, yeah, I think this is just a fun show. And what's great is it does a great job of showcasing some great actors, having some fun with mm-hmm. characters. And that just translates so well on television. And it's great to be able to enjoy those moments. Yeah, uh- we say this almost every episode, but this one in particular, it's just balancing so many things. And even if they don't completely connect, like they very barely connect towards the end of the episode, they're all so much fun to watch in different ways. It's an hour long, but I'm just having a blast watching it the entire time. It's, it's fun. And I agree with you also that like, it's nice that everybody is getting love interests, including Theo. I think that's going to be fun to explore. Yeah. Uh, and also that uh, I think you're right that like these first two episodes are like of a pair. They're a piece. Yeah. They're the rescue Nick, bring him home storyline. So now we can kind of move forward with the season now that we've really dealt with everything that was left over from the last season. Also, so that's good. Also, what's great is they talked about Dorcas in this episode, so you know this next episode, we're going to get Dorcas. Dorcas ascending. It's going to happen 100%. Before we wrap up here, which witch reigns supreme, Pete? Which witch reigns supreme? Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, I'm going to go with Madam Satan. Hmm. There was Any particular a fun, reason? Well, there was a fun moment where her, Sabrina's like, uh, Mrs. Warwell? She's like, nope. <laughs> uh, I just think that uh, the Lilith moments are so great and so fun. Uh, you can see why there's a cult worshiping her. You know, I mean, she is just fantastic. I I got to agree with you here. I was going to choose that as well, just because looking over my notes here for the episode... I wrote down way more notes and lines for Lilith than I think anybody else in the episode. So even though she wasn't in it much and she didn't do too much, she was the one that ultimately rescued Sabrina. She was coaching her through everything. And her lines are just so precise and so classic and so much fun. It's great. But, of course, next episode, it'll be Dorcas Rising, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. As we wrap up here, patreon.com slash comic book club. If you want to support the show, you can come visit us at our live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. We would love to chat with you about Sabrina. We don't have dedicated Sabrina social feeds, but you can check out our Riverdale feeds where we do put up some Sabrina stuff there. That's at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After on Instagram, and Riverdale after dark on Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the apps Apple of your choice. choice. Pete, you have a point you want to bring up. What's up? Yeah, I just want to say, don't forget to plug the Dorcas, uh, you know, Twitter and handle and all that stuff, as well as you know, um, you know, we'll. I'm sure we'll have Dorcas T-shirts and stuff like that for our show, right? Yeah, well, of course, uh, you definitely want to on Twitter. This is Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. And weirdly, CompuServe bulleted boards. You can check oh, out Dorcas yeah. Dish. 
You just need to search for that, and, and it'll come up every single time. Uh, so as I was mentioning, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice, please do leave us a comment on iTunes uh, in the chilling podcast of Sabrina Feed. That would be much appreciated. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And we'll see you next time for Dorcas Dish with Pete and Alex. Yeah. I think it was actually Alex and Pete. I think I switched it around. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. where black is the main character where we dive into something new like the latest season of them the scare and the award-winning american fiction or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend bob marley one love and add on channels like paramount plus and stars to bask in nostalgia with beverly hills cop and bmf explore prime videos culture rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits restrictions apply see amazon.com amazon prime for details